Yeah, no, it is on. Jeez, pet hater. Anyway, welcome to the, <laughs> the gaming tab pool uh, a months ago, or whatever Mario says. Mopsico? Uh, I'm but, sure he does not say that. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes, when I was a little kid, I, I heard it was let's let's go. It was Super Mario let's 64. Nick Yeah, yeah, um, just when I, when I was a little kid, it sounded like Mexico for some reason. Hmm. I don't know. I thought it was Mexico for the longest. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, Mario, cool. Mexico. <laughs> you know, you know what? There was actually a Mario mod. So there there's been this whole community of people who made mods for Super Mario 64. And which is cool. Some of them are really awesome, like the Super Mario Star Road, which is almost like a sequel to Mario 64. It's a whole new game, just of like fan-made levels uh, based around Super Mario. And they're some of them are like inspired by later games that came out after like Super Mario Sunshine or even Super Mario World. It's I mean it's really cool what modders can do. I mean some of them put lots of great work to it. But anyway, one modder made a game called Waluigi's Taco Stand. Hmm. Which is it's turning it turns Mario yeah it turns Mario 64 into a simulation where you play as Waluigi and you're trying to sell tacos to everybody in the in every popular Mario character in the Mushroom Kingdom. And you have to gather <laughs> No, this is a real game. You can actually get a cartridge for it. Like you can download the it on the emulator, or people have a cartridge, an N64 cartridge of Waluigi's taco stand that you can get on Etsy. So you're at so it's someone actually Yeah. In the game, you get to sell tacos and that is Yeah, well and so you play as Waluigi, you're, you're in this taco stand, each, basically, each customer is like a different enemy or character from the Mario universe, like a Goomba or a Koopa or one of those spider enemies in the water levels, like, you know, everybody, and yeah, I think even a, a Thomp, it, it becomes a customer too, but anyway, they tell you, okay, this is what I want in my tacos, go get so Waluigi goes through these levels where he finds ingredients by killing random enemies. Like if you stomp on a Goomba, you get you get meat. Okay. It's a JPEG image of meat though. Like not not actual. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just Very for some reason the Goombas okay. they're holding in, in taco ingredients, or maybe you find Very one annoying. in a tree. Yeah, that, that's just kind of how it is. But I, I mean, people get experimental on it. There's even a, a Mario 64 Doki Doki game uh, that I, wow. I, I played a long time ago. It was freaking disturbing. Wow. Okay. That, okay. <laughs> but the, this okay. is... Yeah, no, it's real. I have the cartridge for it, too. I, it wasn't... <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That's nuts. Okay. Sure. Well, well... This is not about that. This is about the new Super Mario game that came out on Switch. Well, it isn't new. It's a, I guess, a re-release of Super Mario 3D World from the Wii U, but added with another game called Bowser's Fury. And I played it. I played and beat both Bowser's Fury and Super Mario 3D World. Super Seducer 3. Well, things to say. I mean, you know what? Actually, I've, I've kind of gun the rundown i don't need to repeat it again i mean god darn it. you guys know what I'm, what we're doing here we know we know 
we're gonna do it. But first, after this message, <laughs> no. After actually, this message. After these messages, we'll be right back. I mean, I was actually gonna. Okay. Be right back. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm like, wait. Mario. <laughs> no, I, I like the Marios. Whenever Mario shows up and he he shows up in any sort of way, I'm like, sign me up. Because Nintendo has a lot of fun messing around with the Mario formula and trying new things with Mario games. You, you could say, oh, you know, I'm sick of Mario games. No more Mario. If you're that person, I don't want to know you because I am not sick of Mario. Give me all the Mario. Give me infinite Mario. All the Marios are good. I mean, I haven't played all the Marios, obviously. I mean, considering I don't play new things. <laughs> but um, yes, all of the Mario uh, games that I have played, I have definitely enjoyed. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure I've said it here, but Super Mario Sunshine was the first game that I finished without the help of my brother, my older brother. And I was very proud of that. So it, it has a special place in my heart. Yeah. But also 64 because it, it it's just what it is. Yeah, and I'm one of the people, with Super Mario 3D World, it's one of the at least less popular Mario games because one, it was on the Wii U and the Wii U was already not a beloved Nintendo console. Two, I think people were just not on board with the idea of the game, which with Super Mario 3D World, what you have is a 3D Mario that works in the rule set of the 2D Mario games, where instead of having each of these mini sandbox or like exploring levels, you have to get to the exit, you do have a time limit, and there's checkpoints, and you, you don't have a health system instead every time you get hit you lose the power up and then if you get hit again you turn into small mario luigi or whoever you're playing as and if you get hit one more time you're done it's that type of old school 2d mario but in a 3d plane semi 3d linear and i remember really liking the game but yeah i did not think it was as good as super mario galaxy or the new or with uh, Mario Odyssey, but having to play it again now on the Nintendo Switch bundled with what is an expansion? I mean, when people looked at the trailer, they're like, oh, a brand new Mario game packed with another Mario game. It's an expansion. It's I mean, when you play Bowser's Fury, they're reusing so many assets from Super Mario 3D World and even obstacles like if you go from Mario 3D World to this, you're like, OK, this is, I mean, it's a, a very interesting standalone expansion, but it's definitely an expansion to the original game. It's not an entire game of its own. But going back into it, you know, I love 2D Mario almost as much as 3D Mario. And having a game that mixes those two together, I mean, I always enjoyed it. Playing it again, I have more of a fondness for it than I did before. And I think for one, it's just got a, such an, an awesome level design. I mean, that's something Mario games have been so great at is the, just the levels. Just how they design the different challenges, the different puzzles to solve. And how this game works to being that halfway mix of 2D and 3D. It's very playful. I mean, it's super colorful. There's many different paths to take 
in order to get to the exit. And it encourages you to explore all of them in order to find the green stars, which the green stars are your main source of collectibles. If you get enough green stars, then you can access later levels and so on and so forth. But I mean, the ultimate thing is to get to the the, the classic Mario flag at the end with the castle and, and all that, the, the flagpole. With Super Mario 3D World, they also introduce a power-up that's been a fan favorite, regardless of people really loved Super Mario 3D World. They really enjoyed that cat power-up. And that's what Super Mario 3D World also created, is this ability where Mario, Luigi, Peach, or Toad, they dress up as a cat and they can climb on walls, get to higher places, do a little scratch attack. And every time they get to the end of the level, uh, Mario goes, meow. (laughs) They, they They have like a little cuteness to it. I I love that, that power. Yeah, I know. I know. It's I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto went in an interview. He's he mentioned when making this game, he loved cats. So he's like, you know, what? I always wanted a power up in Mario where you dress up as a cat. And you know what? He made it work in this game. Now you got all the other more known power ups from the Mario games, like the uh, or the the squirrel, not the squirrel. What was it? The one with the Tataraki, Tataraki, something like that. Not the Tataraki. Uh, it's from Super Mario Brothers Three. It's that, like a raccoon tail. Yeah, the raccoon tail. I, I, I thought that was a Totor thing. I can't say. What's a Tataraki? Is it like a different animal? No, it's the same thing with the brown furry suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so it's in the, it's the name of the animal. That's what I learned that. last year, at least. Hey. Yeah. Uh, there, there's that power up, there's the fire flower, uh, the hammer bros, and so, a couple of others, but, oh, and the massive super mushroom from the new Super Mario Brothers game. So it's a variety of different power-ups to play with when you get to each of these levels and, and a variety of it, I mean, taking place in the snow to Haunted Mansion, they see- Sorry, I, I was saying somebody else's name. Tanuki. I'm so sorry. Tanuki suit. By the way, when we joked about, uh, when we joked about Ape Escape, when, and PETA getting upset about you capturing uh, innocent monkeys that just want to hang out and have fun. Well, PETA actually went after Mario for the Tanuki suit because they, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, PETA actually, uh, was upset with Mario at one point. <laughs> it's a digital suit. <laughs> what? No, yeah, they, they said, yeah, we don't like it that Mario skinned a tanuki. Uh, to make, yeah, no, that was in their words. They, well, the suits are still around, so we know how that argument went. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. No, Peter's actually made with any, made with, uh, any animals. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Peta is crazy. I mean, there. I mean, I I met some people who work with Peta, and they're great people. But the organization itself, it takes its energy out on video games and usually very harmless video games. So they, yeah, they were mad at Super Mario Brothers three for the Tanuki suit. So I bet they were probably mad at Super Mario three D World for the Tanuki suit plus the cat suit. Uh, <laughs> you could probably hear it. You skin the cat? Oh, Ma- Mario, you're going down. By the way, all those pixels, <laughs> all those pixels gone. I'm sorry. Okay. By the way, <laughs> none, of, none of them complain about you stomping on uh, turtles 
or any, like there. <laughs> that's what I I don't get with Peter's complaint about Super Mario Brothers three. But anyway, and you know what? It's Mario. It's fun. I mean, you play if you played a Mario game, you know how to play this. I shouldn't have to tell you how to play Mar- a Mario game. You really, you, you need to know how to play Super Mario 3D World. Are you kidding me? Do you know what this game is? It's a platformer. You jump as Mario. You jump on Goombas and all these other weird creatures. I don't know what the heck they're called. You kill enemies. You go to <laughs> secrets. You punch Bowser and save the day and all that. <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, it, again, working at the same way of classic Super Mario Brothers, you have each of these worlds and at the end of it, you have a castle and that castle presents itself with a big boss fight. And that includes either Bowser's uh, children or whatever they're called. Well, I don't know why they call them Bowser's children, but you know, uh, Bowser Jr. and, and friends. Uh, and then occasionally some other creative boss fights they throw at you. There's also some other challenge levels, like playing as uh, Captain Toad, which inspired its own uh, Wii U and Switch game later on, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. And it's these special uh, levels where it plays out purely puzzle. And you have this box to move around and guide Captain Toad to get all the all the, the stars there's a lot of things they experiment with that's a lot of fun there's hardly any levels in this game i thought were boring i'll just say there's a few times where they just recycle a boss fight to add on to the length of the game but outside of that i was consistently having fun with it even though i was playing by myself this is a co-op game where you can play up to four people i have not done that and there's even online play I tried connecting and I just got disconnected. So that's all I can say about the online play for Super Mario 3D World. Some people might have had a better time, but for me, I mean, I, yeah, it's like with different internet, it would be different. Well, different quality. during the snowstorm. So again, I don't. <laughs> I probably I probably picked the wrong time to try to play Super Mario 3D World online. Now, as far as the other game that it was bundled with, Bowser's Fury, as I said. We're using a lot of assets, so it's not terribly different from Super Mario 3D World, but it is in a way where it's, instead of being the straightforward level-to-level like the old old school Super Mario Brothers, it does play out more like a 3D Mario adventure game, where you're going through different islands and collecting uh, cat sprites. And I mentioned when we talked about the trailer, you're like, this reminds me of Super Mario Sunshine. They make a lot of references to Super Mario Sunshine in this because Mario Mario falls through a painting uh, or like one of those little goop things from Super Mario Sunshine. And it turns out the plot of this is that you have to help Bowser Jr. save Bowser. It's an interesting turn. Instead of saving Princess Peach or any of the fairies or whatever, you're saving Bowser in this. From himself. That sounds interesting. Yeah, he turns. You're saving in- him from himself. Well, he turns into Giga Bowser, and like he's controlled by the the goop, the whatever it's called in uh, Super Mario Sunshine. He's covered in it, and he turns into like this hell demon uh, type of Bowser. I- I- he looks cool. I'll tell you, this Giga Bowser in-, in Bowser's Fury looks way cooler than the old Giga Bowser. Like. The old Giga Bowser looks like your granddad trying out for to, for to be in a punk rock band. But this Giga Bowser, he looks like a boss fight in Doom. 
like yeah, he, yeah, where you look at look at it, he just looks cool. And the little twist with this is that it goes by a day and night cycle, and every time it's at night, Giga Bowser awakens and makes your experience of going through these islands much more difficult because then fireballs start raining from the sky different platforms start shaping and it becomes a whole different thing when you're trying to get this cats right and then dart in nighttime and everything gets crazier now there are ways to also defend yourself too if you get more cat sprites you can actually weaken giga bowser for the next time you fight him and enough cat sprites will also unlock the other thing that this game or this expansion introduces giga cat mario i was able to watch someone do a stream uh like a segment and it was when you turn into the cat you have to get the thing whenever yeah yeah and then it was like beating uh this ball into the back of a some kind of car that bowser was throwing fireballs on the uh, from and i was just it was like this is so cute you can only really do it well or easier with the cat suit on i was like this is adorable oh wait no you're you're talking about the main you're talking about super mario 3d world because that was a boss light where he was on the back of a car throwing bombs oh, okay no the, and bowser's fury he's just giga bowser the whole time so instead okay. it's, it's like a kaiju match because uh, yeah you're a giant you're giant mario in a cat suit and me, me and by the way a cat suit that looks like goku like when he goes super saiyan because the the cat hair spikes up and he's wow going okay and, Interesting. and he goes meow so <laughs> it, it's huh. It, it, yeah, it's actually a really epic boss uh, battle uh, where you're having to actually pick up large pieces of terrain from the ground and throw it at Bowser to weaken him and flip him on his back so you can do a ground pound. And each time you fight him, he actually introduces new abilities for you to try to dodge. It's a cool little element to introduce to a Mario game. In fact, when I played it, I was like, you want? I don't need that uh, Godzilla versus King Kong movie. I got this right here. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, cause if someone doesn't know what Kaiju is, because I only recall yeah, it because yeah. I watched a certain, another movie that yeah. was not it. I was like, Kaiju, Kaiju is, monster. yeah, Kaiju is those big Japanese monsters fighting each other, uh, like Godzilla and you know, King Ghidorah, all that uh, stuff. But this is, yeah, Mario and, and, Bowser going at and there's some other characters that appear too like the, I forgot what the character is who gets introduced in Super Mario Galaxy but you see him in later games as well he kind of looks like Yoshi a little bit man I forgot his name but he appears as your travel traveling companion from one island to another spread out through different water or lands of water and you got even these smaller islands that have many challenges on them and again just like the original i mean the main game it's a lot of fun even though it is recycling so many things you've seen from mario games before to the point where i mean how many times could you fight the same boss fights you've had uh, i mean from the 
the original game. I mean, the only boss battle that is exciting in this is Giga Bowser. The other ones where you're fighting the Koopa kids again, I mean, they're throwing the same attacks at you as they did in the main game. Just there's maybe another extra obstacle added. but And, and there are some other things too, like Chase the Bunny, uh, and one of the classic things from super mario uh, 64 and was in galaxy and and also odyssey as well i mean some of these missions they're just same old same old but the more exciting ones are when you're actually traveling you're actually going through the different platforming challenges from these different islands to get to the end or you're having to find the key to open the or this chest or this uh, cage so you can get to the cat sprite. When the challenge involves you exploring the island, that's when I just really am in awe of it. But yeah, when it's some of these extra things, I mean, I don't hate it. Just like, yeah, whatever. But what these both, both these games have in common is once you beat it, and this is what I really love about Nintendo today, is that they want you to keep playing their games. Because after I beat both of those games, they introduced to me more levels to play after completing it. And that for those all those people who hate like the recent Mario games, they're one of those like old school elite Mario fans, like my brother, for example, who hates Mario Galaxy for no reason and Mario Odyssey just because it's new and different. Then yeah, I mean, I guess you won't like this, but you know, I'm usually not a fan of when Nintendo tries to resell old games for 60 bucks. Because I'll say one of the worst things about this is that they don't add any sort of remaster or different additions to Super Mario 3D World other than, hey, you can play online. But adding that game and then this other game that took me almost 10 hours to just beat, I mean, you're getting a lot. So for 60 bucks, yeah, I mean, it's an 8 out of 10. It's a great Mario game. It's not flawless, but I had a lot of fun and a dumb smile on my face. It also runs very well if you were to play it on handheld. It runs on a 60 frames per second, which is awesome. Unlike the the Mario Anniversary 3D trilogy, where if you were to play Super Mario 64 on handheld, it would run at 30 frames per second for some reason. Yeah, I, I will stand by my opinion that I don't think that game is worth 60 bucks. But this right here, yeah, I think this is worth full 60. Especially if you're one of the people who never had a Wii U and never got a chance to play Super Mario 3D World. This is probably the best way to play it. To have this and then another just extra hours of Mario on top. This will be another game that I get when I get switched. Yeah. <gasps> oh, no, it's worth it. I mean, you mentioned that you actually have people over to play games. This would be in. Wait, what? Don't you have like cousins or like people? My nieces and nephew. Yeah. Yeah. You you could play this with them. This would be an awesome party game because Super Mario 3D World, I did play the game in co-op before and it's a lot of fun. They're, I mean, they're, they're all under age 10 or under age 8. Okay, so it's easy for everyone. Hey. Anyways, that's a whole that's a little buddy rabbit trail. So I'm gonna leave it alone. But I'll 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 say my my niece who is three, she is still way too young to play video games. I actually did try to have her play this game, and she just spent the whole time just jumping off the edge, losing all of my lives, and and going, oh darn it, 
oh don't. <laughs> right. then after i got a game over she's like i want to play again i'm like no <laughs> no thank you bye i'm gonna die now Wee! oops <laughs> Yeah, she she doesn't understand video games yet, but oh, oh well. It's, yeah, it's it's a whole it's a thing. It's like no, you have to use both your hands. You can't just like get over. No, we have to use this one. To, like it's you can't. It, it's yeah. It's yeah no, I mean, my niece is pretty smart for her age, and she just hasn't really grasped uh, video games yet. Like I mean, no, it's fine. So like, I don't think yeah. I started playing until I was like four, four and a half or something. Yeah, yeah. Still. All right. Uh, now on to something that was not very oh wait craig do you have something to say about mario or what i just talked about no it all sounded really interesting and you, and he capped off bowers bowser's fury which is what i was curious about and kind of sounds like it's just a, a a remix of mario 3d world um for 60 dollars for me i mean i i don't know i'm not gonna grab it but i always wait for a little bit of a sale for most of the mario games because i spend most of my time on playstation unfortunately but it did look like a really fun game well yeah, I'll, I mean, that's the thing is the Bowser's Fury, for the most part, doesn't offer anything that is new to the Mario. For, well, I'll say the one thing is the day and night cycle. And that No, because that was also an Odyssey. Never mind. I'll say there there are some tweaks that they've added that I thought were really cool. Like you can actually have an inventory system of power ups. Whereas for the longest time, Mario games would have you use one power up. But in this game, you actually get to use, you know, all the power ups and you get to swap um, between each each one on the fly. And I thought that was really cool. Like you're not tied to a specific power up and they also got rid of live. So if you die, you just restart at a checkpoint, uh, which is it's interesting. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's a collection of things that people really loved about 3D Mario platformers in the one. And I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think this is the next big 3D Mario game. You would probably have to wait for Super Mario Odyssey 2, which I hear that is a game they are working on. Anyway, on to something that is not. <laughs> I had a press contact for this game. Like, I had press, like a big press email hyping me up for Super Seducer 3, the final seduction. <laughs> and I was like, okay. All right, so I got a professional email about this game and it, it must be that important. And then I look on Steam, the first two games have a very positive rating. Okay, people people like this? Maybe maybe it's like the, the KFC dating sim game because that's what this is. This is a dating simulator. But then I looked at the Steam store page. Now the question is, did I get a review key? Because I did ask for a review key for this game. Did I end up getting one? No. One of the reasons is because Steam banned it. <laughs> Steam, right? It was about to release. Steam said, no, you're not putting this on our platform. And they they listed that uh, the new the, the sexual uh, themes in this are way too much for, for Steam. We do not want any this anywhere near a platform. Keep in mind, Honey Pop 2 is okay. <laughs> but Super Seducer 1 and 2 are fine, right? Yeah. But not 3? Okay. Though, though, and I'll get to why I actually agree with Steam. The other the other thing is that I don't, I don't think the, the, the developer actually really wanted me to get a free review key. Because in his list of improvements, key feature, this is key features for Super Seducer 3. 
we paid extensive amount of time not to listen to reviewers, critics, influencers, or any random person on the internet. No, the buyers matter. And I just looked at that like, what? So now you have to ask the question, what is this game besides being a dating sim? To the guy who made this game, this is actually a dating educational game? Question mark? Because the first game is subtitled Dating Tips or uh, Dating Advice or something like that. So this game is trying to teach you how to approach women. But let me tell you this. There are some people who actually got got to play the game. They had free pass or they were favorably selected by the developer. So you can actually find footage of the game on YouTube. And I wouldn't even call it a game. It's more of a series of movies and clips. And then it'll stop to say, okay, what do you do before we enter this scenario? And there's like four or five answers. It's not even player choice either. You actually have to pick the right answer. So the game is telling you there's only one way to go about this. And here, here's the thing is, if you succeed, though, if you get the right answer, how you should approach a woman in this scenario, you get stalker points, which <laughs> I know Rihanna's like, what? This is my distressed face. <laughs> By the way, in between scenes uh, of these of this dating advice, you actually get almost like a TED talk from the guy who made this game almost it's like he's teaching an it class except for it's about how how to date women and what techniques or whatever and he's got a bunch of naked women behind him too uh i can't i know I can't. like he, he he brought this like he's making a professional uh like romantic interaction type type class except no because it, it is so so misleading. I mean, it's so uh, disingenuous. It's so sexist. It's also racist. The racist part is that this guy really thinks there's only one type of what he deems as a beautiful woman. They're always blonde. They're always white. They have to have big breasts and big butts. And they have... (laughs) They have to be uh, sweating a lot. And, you know, no, this is, this is in. What in the world? What in yeah. the actual world? Uh, get off, man. By the way, the guy who made this, and who is like the, the main character too, the, the creator of this game, who is also the main protagonist and writer and everything. He looks like a cross between Tommy Wiseau and, and uh, Jared Leto. So I don't know what that first one is. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll just tell you. When you look at him, you're like, no, this isn't a guy that anyone should be. I mean, not just because of his behavior, but if you're going to judge by looks, if that's how we're going to do it, do this. No, no, sir. You are not on People's Magazine here. <laughs> it's the the, the funny People thing. Magazine. People Magazine. People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But so... And the other weird thing is that he hires Twitch streamers to be these girls that he seduces in the game. And these female Twitch streamers would later come back to say, because people actually ask them a question. Yeah, what do you think about working with the guy? And it's like, oh, it was fun. And with the nervous laughter, it was fun. Would you date him? (laughs) No, he's not my type. 
I was like, wow, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so keeping all this in mind already, I kind of see why Steam said, no, we're, we're going to stop. We've, we've supported you and, and supported this thing that you created. No more. <laughs> now, does that mean that the game is just done or do you think it'll be posted to another source like Epic it probably it up or any other video game outlet so, out there? So what happened is he, he brought up an update. And the thing is, if your game is rejected by Steam, the worst thing you could do is to talk so much crud about Steam. Like that's going to change their mind to put your game on the platform. And that's what he did. He, he made a long rant about how much Steam sucked for not letting him ha- have his game release. And he's like, hey, don't worry. It's going to release on Steam. We don't know when, but we'll let you know. And I'm like... Okay, when you badmouth the, the studio, I don't think they owe you a release of the game. So this guy is crazy too. I mean, more so if you even look at his history, when the first game came out, I, I found this out. He actually went after YouTubers who criticized his game and tried to take down their videos. So th- this guy is not a good person. And he took down... because. The videos he tried to take down is when they said in the, when those these YouTubers said in the video, here's how you here's how you date a woman. Just be yourself. And the woman who's gonna find you attractive is the person who's gonna like you for you. And he's like, that is pathetic advice. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, this dude is crazy. He does not need to be. Uh, that's why I failed to call this a game. I don't even know what this is. This person is not a relationship. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Marion's like, anyways, but... Uh, but but then I have to ask the question, how, how did the first two games get a very positive rating? If that, that's what this series is about. I mean, I guess it was less detailed than all these uh, things you're talking about, because uh, it's just sketch and sketch. No, I, sketch. I, I, I footage of the first two games, and that's what they're about, too. It's all about, it's all about basically belittling women, like... The game really thinks that women are just dumb and they just think about being talked down to as, as, as just being objectified and everything. I mean, there are women out there that are kinky. They like the, the freaky deekies, but not every girl is like that. And plus, I think to, for those who are into kink, I mean, they still have boundaries. And this is a guy who crosses all of it. I mean, you don't even have to watch the trailer. This is the first image you see when you look up Super Seducer 3. Is a woman uh, in the gym bending over and you see her butt. I'm like, okay, this is how you sell the game. Is that That's it. All right. I mean, hey, people like Honey Pop, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Okay. Yeah. So, what I, if Super Deuce, It's possible that Super Seducer One and Two may have been heavily edited. We don't know that what he originally gave them is the same package that was released. So maybe he thought after One and Two, I can make, I can push my bounds. Now they'll let me be free. But they said, Nah, man. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's wrong to, to make a game and, and to have it seem like education too to have him come up and look like he's a professor in a college telling you about how you know how women think and i'm like no not all women think the same that this is it's just kind of wrong too that i mean i if one thing tiktok has shown me i i mean i'm gonna talk i've talked credit about it but one thing i will 
give it they, i mean it 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 brought attention to an issue that i think needs to be solved or at least addressed here and that's black women being viewed as as less attractive or less desirable and that's what i was seeing in this game where like every single woman he tries to hit on and tries to flirt and tries to do things with all of them are white all of them are blonde haired and all of them are at a certain specific height and weight and it's creepy how he's just how he's so specific about that like this guy looks like he's kind of like harvey weinstein if i i I don't know it's i i think if you were to buy these games you need your butt kicked because this guy doesn't need any money anyways yeah don't do that all right yeah, I mean, don't do not support the uh, sketchiness and the misogyny and all that kind of. Deal. No. All right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo Direct. Yes. Okay. By the Splatoon way, three. By the way, Super Seducer is on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Edit it down. I'm gonna go with the correct, correct uh, idea there. Edit it down. No. Anyway. <laughs> No, it is. That's why. How's it going to run on the Switch? Is everything going to be highly pixelated? <laughs> for the blur, for the necessary blur, I'm sure that that, that makes right. sense. All right, cool. Uh, yeah. I, now, I this was at uh, Wednesday, and thankfully, I had my power with me. Rihanna did not, so she missed half of it. But well, I didn't know about it until okay. after I threw. So it was but like, yeah, yeah, you were like Zelda and Splatoon. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I will say there are some things that I thought were really exciting for this. And the ones that stood out to me the most, well, I'll tell you, I really have to give props to Japan in general, because they are very, imagine them. I recently started getting into anime again. I've, I've officially became a weeb dealer. Yes. As, as, you uh, became a what? A, a weeb dealer. Instead of weed, it's weeb, you know, anime. <laughs> How are you selling people? Yeah, yeah. So I, I instead of instead of weed, I deal anime. Hey, hey, you watch Hunter X Hunter? Wait, no, 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 no. Weeb is the person, the fan, correct? Therefore, yeah. how are you dealing I people? Deal fans. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, here's here's five My Hero Academia fans. I'll trade I'll trade my My Hero Academia fans for your Demon Slayer fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got some weebs in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> in the world. <sighs> but the most interesting games out of here, I mean, they, they a lot of them come from Japan. I, and I'm not even saying Nintendo in general. I think. For me, the first game that was like, holy crud, I was a fan of Octopath Traveler, and they've got this new game out. Now, right now, it's called Project Some Triangle Strategy. Yeah, Triangle Strategy. But it, it, from what the looks of it, it seems like, okay, now it's taking a Final Fantasy Tactics approach or Mixed Fire Emblem, where you're taking on, you have three different sides to choose from. Uh, and there's this leveling terrain and again it's that type of art style where it's 2d pixels in a 3d plane it's a beautiful looking game i loved octopath traveler so immediately this was a yes but that i had a free demo i haven't gotten to play the free demo yet but the fact that it has a free demo to give feedback so they can fine-tune everything and it just really uh, got me in awe and i mean it's coming out next year but it's definitely a 2022 game 
to look forward to. Now, as far as games, yep. Uh, yeah, with Triangle Strategy, um, I had saw a report that said that the demo is actually more like an alpha. They're going to heavily listen to player feedback, not only to adjust, like you said, the strategies and events in the game, but even like the, the story, even the name itself, Triangle Strategy, is just a placeholder. And they're going to listen to feedback from what people say that are playing the game right now and then adjust accordingly. So the game that will be released um, eventually will be kind of community created in a way. Which is awesome. I mean, that's a nice dedication to where you're kind of homing the 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 style and the type of game that you want to make. Also, based on the people who are interested in playing it, that, that needs to happen more often. I mean, that's where we'll just have great launches when, I, I mean, you kind of had that sort of level of playtesting. As far as games this year, I mean, there are some other games next year looking forward to you too, but if I want to just go right ahead about games coming out this year, the first one, I mean, Bravery Default 2, I'm looking for, they had a brief little reminder that game is coming out next week, but after that, there is a re-release for a game called Stub the Zombie. Now, what's interesting about this is I've been hearing it so much from watching X-Play because I grew up watching X-Play. And back in the day, they had their top 10 favorite games about zombies. And this was on there. And it's a it's a lighthearted zombie game about this guy with a top or the zombie with a top hat he's like a news reporter or something but he he wants to come back he wants to infect people but he also wants to boogie and all that it's a super cartoony and silly type almost like destroy all humans in a way but it's it looks like it might be a lot of fun i mean looking at i mean i'm all for goofy games and back in the playstation 2 era they used to come out with so many different weird and crazy type games it's nice that aspire is going out there and re-releasing some old classics and then some games you may or may not have heard of the only thing is what aspire does is they just re-release the game they don't make a remaster or update the game in any way and that's the only thing that concerns me because they did so for three of the star wars games the jedi knight titles and then star wars pod racer and i played jedi outcasts on switch and that's still a great game but there are some things that i I felt like it would have been nice if they added those to the re-release but Aspire is not really that much. They just bring a game back from the dead and then just re-release it to the public for a relatively cheap price. So it's going to be interesting to see how this game fares years later. Now more people know about it. It's going to be coming on the Switch, but also on the PS4 as well, and probably PS5 additionally and PC. Now in May, the summer half is when you really get down to the types of games that they come out. And that's where we also get into the games that you're looking forward to, Rihanna. But in the later half of May, they got this game, Metopia, And it's this simulation RPG where you play as different me's that you create. And so you're like building relationships between different me's and you're going on different quests and everything it's turn-based but then there's also a bit of going through mini games and all that this is actually what i believe a sequel or a remake of a similar game on the 3ds i think it was also called metopia or it was me something meverse but 
I, I don't know. I felt conflicted by it because on uh, one hand, I think it would be really cool to go on an RPG quest with Rihanna and Craig and then later go and crack coconuts and, and have parties and disco and everything or do bowling. But I don't I know. Yeah, I mean, that's what Metopia is about. You're just getting into randomness together. It's not even just RPG quests. You're doing a bunch of silly things together to build uh, relationships. I think there's even... Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like you create your own characters, you create your own me's, and they become essential characters to the story and also with the gameplay. And that's a cool idea. Interesting. I'll do it if I can make the coconut sound from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You might. I don't know. <laughs> It's a game that I, I want to see how it fares because I also heard that 3DS Miitopia game came out with mixed responses. So I'm, it's not like I'm not looking forward to this, but it's one of those games where I, people who got who get free copies of these Nintendo games, I want to hear what they think and then go, and, you know what, do I want to pay 50 bucks for this? Because this will be $50, $49.99 on May 24th. So the next one is... A DC Supergirls action adventure game based on the Cartoon Network show. I think that idea is cute. It's a Nintendo exclusive game too, but it's where you play as Batgirl and Wonder Woman, all these uh, DC female characters and going through almost like an open world environment. I think it might play similar to maybe either the Lego Star Wars games, or I mean, not the Lego Star, but the Lego games or those... uh, those anime beat-em-ups like naruto or bleach or what have you because the visual style of the game looks kind of similar to that and i think there's co-op in it too but yeah i've not been terribly invested in that show it's probably not for me but i think it's cool nintendo is bringing a game out like that and it's at the very first week of june the last week of june or the second or last week of june is a brand new mario golf game mario golf uh speed speed and uh rihanna's like man mario golf i'm like woman hold up we've been to play some golf we're gonna get our golf on y'all but not only play some golf and this one you're playing golf and well in in a variety of like colorful environments but the other thing they add is there's additional mode called speed golf and this is not like a part of the game this is just another mode of its own where not only you're playing golf but you're racing each other to the next ball being the crud out of each other with different power-ups collecting coins and going crazy that sounds like that would be chaotic fun and hopefully it is and it even reminds me of the game boy mario sports games too because of the story mode where you can create your own character you know level up your golf champion and play online but you know i i enjoy the mario sports games because they get to add a layer of craziness to a sport and make it more fun than it usually is and i like the twist they got here also i love that bowser is wearing an outfit that's what that's another thing that stood out to me at the trailer bowser's got sneakers He's got, you know, he's got uh, gym shorts. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, Bowser's getting professional here. But Rihanna's like, eh, no, Mario Golf, or Mario Tennis. What? Stop putting words in my mouth. I just said meh, because I don't really do sport things. Well, that, really well that's, 
that's the thing is I'm not even big fan of sports games either, but the difference with Nintendo sports games is they don't make it realistic. They get goofy with it. They add so many crazy things. That's why, you know, I don't watch the Super Bowl. I just play Mario so- or Strikers. That's not the same sport. I, know. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> you know what? They'll have a Mario football game. Soccer. Yeah, oh. that was like, I've played Strikers. I've rented it, what, at Gamefly? Yeah. Um, that, I, I like soccer. That's yeah. Well, there there will be a Mario, there'll be a Mario football game. I I, I bet you that they'll get to that. They'll get to that. <laughs> uh, EA is going to freak out with their exclusive Madden rights. No, no <laughs> football games. No. No. Now, games that don't have an exact release date that I'm looking... No, I'm also looking forward to Monster Hunter Rise, of course. They let you know that's coming out in, in Pokemon Snap. But as far as, like, new announcements, the other big game for me, besides No More Heroes 3, which is coming out in August, they put out a release date for that. And I finally got to play the first one after all these years. And I love No More Heroes. I cannot wait for Part 3. There's this game where you're a mercenary agent sent to go to heaven to kill demons and it's done in sort of a fast-paced first-person shooter using card like a card battle system and i looked at that i was like wow this looks crazy but also it could be a lot of fun uh i mean they and it's uh yeah it's coming out in summer it doesn't have exact release date for it but i'm keeping an eye on that and, and they announced some remastered collections too they got the ninja gaiden trilogy you can Play that on the switch in june so i mean little announcements like that too to get to the one that rihanna loves the most is oh they came at the end of it they were like you know, it's zelda we don't have any announcements or anything to say about breath of the wild 2 but later this year we will this is what we're going to give you uh, zelda skyward sword remaster coming july 16th and i looked at the trailer for that and i was like okay i never played skyward sword i heard that it got great critical reviews but it's so pulverized by the fans like some fans hate it they think it's the worst zelda game ever and then there's some people who love it now here's what gets me so i look at the trailer and it's like okay so they changed the controls to where you can play button now with the original wii release you had to play motion control you have to use the wii mode and nunchuck but this game you're you have the option to either play with the joy cons detached or play it buttoned and have it designed that way and that's cool as far as remaster goes i have no idea what they're talking about for as a remaster it's it still looks like a game that came out on the wii 10 years ago there are parts of the game that i looked at i was like oh yeah this this does not feel like even wii u level this i mean there's a part where one of the characters opens their mouth and it's so pixelated i looked at that i was like oh gosh okay this has got to be 15 or 20 bucks then i go to the eShop store 59.99 for legend of zelda skyward sword hd and i'm like no sir i mean i don't okay I, I i'm sure i've said this but the reason why i'm not i haven't gotten the switch yet or like my driving thing is like i'm going to finish skyward sword which i have on saying that by the way when are you doing that Still isn't, even, isn't even my game um i haven't played it uh since it was the last it was like 
December? No. Yeah. yeah. So November, December was the last time I played it. I just, I'm more PC <laughs> anyways, because I'm just on the, anyways, but I'm still, I'm still going to like, I'm halfway. I don't know if I'm halfway wherever I'm in the mining area. Okay. okay. And I was stuck okay. in like the fireball area, which I, which wasn't even the fire temple. It was the earth temple. And I was like, Oh, I'm further behind than I thought. <laughs> so th there's that, but I will. And that'll get the way, not the way I meant the, I meant the switch. Okay. Well, th this is why I have a problem with it being 60 bucks is that, uh, okay, if we want to put in comparison, let's compare this to say even the Mass Effect's Legendary Edition. Now, yes, I said before, when you look up close to the characters, they do look dated, they look last gen. But I did also say you see the wide shots of the ship and all the other things going on. It does look like a remaster that they t made some touch-ups to it. They also said that they overhauled the heck out of the first game and to make it play more like the sequels, which is an amazing feat. And then another thing is that, I mean, they even add tweaks to the sequels as well, like in the third one where it were it relied on the multiplayer in order for you to have a specific ending. Now it doesn't. And also you don't have to deal with that last ending anymore that the game originally launched with. With this, all they did is, hey, we changed the controls or you don't have to use motion controls. And I think there's any, like I have to compare, I have to look at the Wii version and then the Switch version side by side to really see if there's any technical differences they made. Because looking at the trailer, I'm like, no, this looks like a game that came out 10 years ago. There's nothing, not any sort of remaster that I'm seeing here. And it's 60 bucks. Well, I think that's where part of their miscommunication really lies. Because we all expected a full remaster of Skyward Sword. But notice they don't, they didn't actually put remaster on the title. It just says HD. So it's the exact same engine. I, don't, I really feel like they didn't go back and change too much. It looks a little bit cleaner to the extent that they can push that engine, but they didn't completely remake it and rebuild it with some of the things like you were saying with Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect, they're putting an entire overhaul on one and two just so it runs better, as well as making changes to the scenery and the images and stuff like that. Or here, you're just getting you're just getting the same game again that's been polished a little bit for sixty dollars. And for me personally, like I'm a huge, huge, humongous Zelda fan, man. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah, Zelda for life, but this $60 for this kind of pissing me off. I thought maybe they were going to give me another uh, multi-package like they did with the, the uh, Mario bundle. Like maybe give us Ocarina of Time, Skyward Sword, and... Um, yeah, I was thinking Twilight Princess. And or... Twilight Princess, yeah. yeah. I would pay $60 for that. Those already got redone. $60 for this. No, it did. It, like, yeah, like if they packaged them together, perhaps. Yeah. Twilight Princess never had a remaster. It, all it did, it had, like, you can get the game either on GameCube or the Wii, and just the Wii version, you have motion controls enabled. But, I mean, the, not, nothing else. The, the thing, when you bring go back to the Mario, like, the, the Mario uh, uh, 3D anniversary, I also didn't think that game was worth the full $60 because they advertised a feature they lied about, and that was widescreen for the original Super Mario 64. That was not the case. And then also... <sighs> I like Super Mario 64, I really do, but I playing through that game again, there are so many things about it that I felt like would have been changed or could have been changed and could easily have been changed with the remaster that they didn't do. And also the baffling thing of playing 
Super Mario 64 on handheld mode and having it run 30 frames per second. Like the Switch cannot, for some reason, cannot take 60 frames on a game that came out in 1996. And that's the same with also Super Mario Sunshine as well. But for some reason, Super Mario Galaxy is the one game that can run 60 FPS on handheld as well. Weird stuff like that. But still, it is. it was unpolished. It was just slapped together. And that's why I like, yeah, it's the only reason why it could be worth 60 bucks is just Nintendo getting it off saying, hey, if you don't buy it by the end of March, it's gone. And this feels even less worth the full price, especially when there are people out there saying this game is not even that great. Like, I feel like this is a slap in the face for some Zelda fans that the one thing they get is this game for 60 bucks. And by the way, you the, the Wii U's shop i know a lot of people got rid of their wii u's or what have you but if you still have a wii u the wii u shop is still up and you can get legend of zelda skyward sword on there for twenty dollars twenty dollars for skyward sword on wii u 60 bucks on switch and i'm looking that like you you are out of your darn mind but rihanna's like no i don't care let Give me my, I'll give you I'm, my I'm trying to figure out that I'm trying to, I'm looking up a video that's like the difference between 30 FPS and, and 60. And I was like, I don't really see a difference. So well, I just don't. Well, well see, the, the difference is that 60 FPS, everything runs faster, smoother, and cleaner. And you don't notice the difference because, you, I mean, when you're playing on like Nintendo 64 and GameCube, the, both of those consoles, they've not been the best at what? I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm looking at a YouTube video of it side by side. I was like, I don't see any difference. Right. I would say, honestly, it, it, in just 30 and 60 frames per second alone, there's not that much of a difference, but it really depends how they present it. Whereas in 60 frames per second, in some games, you might be able to have more going on in the area at the same time without having to mess up the engine. Whereas in 30 frames per second, you wouldn't get that. Um, I don't know if you've if you've played uh, Destiny or Destiny 2, but they made a, a big jump from Destiny 1 to 2 because originally it was 30 frames per second, but it looked really good because they didn't have that much going on in the environment at the same time. But whenever you started getting bigger levels and raids and stuff like that, it, it's, it's just the difference in how much you can present. Sometimes it looks exactly the same, and other times you're like, yeah, that looks jumpy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just the thing for me that I thought was actually one of the least interesting. But I mean, for those who are are just super excited, you know, I'm going to play Skyward Sword on Switch. You know what? If it, once it comes to a discount, I'll probably pick it up. But at, at 60 bucks, no, I, I, I'm, I don't think that's the value here for me. But I mean, hey, I mean... You know, it will work for some. I would pay 40 for it. I, I think I'll pay 30 for it. Like $30, I think that's fine. But yeah. yeah. Like the thing that I'm looking forward to with this one is they said they fixed the the Wii controls, that the motion oh, yeah. should be much yeah. more fluid now on the Switch. Yeah. And that was the one thing that kind of irked me on the Wii, especially with the stabs. I could My thing would never stab ever. I would be throwing it at the wall and it would yeah. never stab. So yeah. it would be nice moment. to have a smooth experience. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Uh, aerobic time, that, that, that really is. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. yeah. So uh, real quick, just, uh, or I mispronounced, uh, it, it's that Mario Golf, it's Mario Golf Super Russian, the, the game about killing demons in heaven, that's called Neon White. Uh, so just real quick on that. Now, the, just a couple more games, because uh, there, there is 
there is some the Star Wars Hunter. There's a free to play Star Wars game that's a third person shooter. They just announced that they said, "Hey, we got a free to play Star Wars shooter coming on the Switch." Here's the logo. And I, I was like, okay, stop that. I hate when companies do that. They just give me a logo and nothing about the game. But it's going to be developed by Zynga. I don't know what that says about the what the game will be like. Zynga is usually a company that makes iOS or games on base Mobile games. Yeah, mobile games. Just for Apple because yeah. I've played oh, Yeah, I, I know. I know. You hate Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now I will say they did make a or they did produce a dungeon crawler RPG. I heard some people like. So I mean, I think they're expanding outside of mobile. I mean, I'm gonna give that since it's free to play, then why not? But I mean, you're just gonna give me a logo. I don't really know what to go off on that. And they uh, what's that Devolver Digital game where you're a bunch of people? Oh wait, Fall Guys. Why why did that name escape me? Fall Guys is on the Switch this summer, so there's cool ports too. But the last game that really got my attention, and I know for many people it probably didn't. I get why, but I'm curious about this, and that's called Knockout City. And it's a multiplayer dodgeball game where you're playing as all these wacky characters and throwing dodgeballs at each other. It's developed by the people who worked on the Mario Kart series. And I think that's what gets me the most. You got people who worked on Mario Kart and this is their new creation. And it it looks like it could be fun. It's super colorful. And it's kind of like a hero shooter as well because each character you play as, they have their own abilities. I don't know if it's going to be free to play or if it's going to cost 60 bucks or anything, but it's coming out may 21st on the switch and other platforms and so that's the other that's the other interesting thing it's from people who worked on mario kart and it's coming out to outside of nintendo uh, as well as nintendo so interesting things going out them for overall it's a it's a nice presentation 50 minutes of lots of news i mean not to mention Splatoon 3, which teased an open world campaign along with like a nice desert multiplayer map. So yeah, I mean, Nintendo, some people will say Nintendo sucks. You know, Nintendo's old. I mean, you do you, but I really enjoy Nintendo and I love playing on Nintendo. So let me love my Nintendo. Okay, darn it. Jeez, jerks. <laughs> Anyway, so we were kind of confused about this earlier, but this is a game called Six Days in Fallujah. It was actually a canceled PS3 title that was going to be developed by Kojima or from uh, or Konami. And it was canceled, I think, at the last minute after it was already finished. Like the game was made, but they canceled it because of some controversy. The uh, people who were in the war with uh, Fallujah are currently going through it. They're like, no, we don't want a game about the rough things we went through. Apparently years later, they're like, you know what? Let's make a game about the rough things we went through. I mean, I wasn't against it because I saw screenshots of the game. It looked cool. It looked like Metal Gear Solid mixed with Ghost Recon. Now... Here's what really gets me. The game is finally being remade and actually going to be finished. It's going to finally come out on current and next-gen platforms. And already, I I don't feel excited as soon as they said, no, this game is not political. <laughs> and I'm like, why? 
why this is from people who worked on bungee game like they the entire team who is working on this these are ex-bungee developers people who worked on halo and destiny so that's the other interesting thing is you had that influence coming into this game and they're and they're saying no this is not political the our game is not not political and this is something that ubisoft has been doing for so long and this is why i hate ubisoft like i do not buy ubisoft games i boycott them almost all the time except i bought the the scott pilgrim game but that's an exception yeah they have bad business practices they harass their female developers and all their games are just live services. We just want to be online all the time. You got to connect to Uplay and you got to do all these uh, busy work stuff. But the other thing is that they're so messed up on this whole idea of political affiliation because they they own the video game license for Tom Clancy. And they keep saying, no, this Tom Clancy game is not based, it's not politics. If you know about Tom Clancy, Tom Clancy is an author, a storyteller about political stories, about politics, about war, about military. And you have Ubisoft who owns their the video game license saying, oh, this is not politics. This is fiction. But, but still getting really confusing about that. They said that about The Division. And so... To hear these developers get in this trend too of we're gonna make our game more appealing by just coming out and saying, oh, don't worry, no, no political opinions in this. Already a bad sign. Also, Ubisoft doesn't like Black Lives Matter, so that that's another reason why I don't like them. But anyway, uh, yeah, they actually have Black Lives Matter as an antagonist for one of the mobile games they put out. No, I'm not kidding. Yeah, people are like, oh, I used to like Assassin's Creed. No. Look at Ubisoft again. Look at the game you're giving money to. Or look at the company you're giving money to. Anyway, uh, what are you guys' thoughts about this? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much, but it just seems like you have to say those things to try to get sales for the game. Whether what you're doing is right or wrong, they're just trying to get the money for that game. And it's one thing to watch a TV show, say, like Jack Ryan, for example, and watch a character do these type of things versus whereas you're playing the game sure it's 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 a game it's not you but it, it is you in a way because you're making your character do these things so i, I don't know yeah it sucks because i was look originally looking forward to it now i'm now i'm not because that's not good if you have to tell people hey don't don't worry about politics there is none of that in here that means you don't have confidence in your game I mean, yeah, there are people who they, they think everything is politics. If it's anything just a little bit negative, just take it out. Like, but I, to be honest, I don't think those people are worth listening to because those are the, those are the same people who will pit Black Lives Matter and then uh, the, the uh, uh, bad boys, uh, I, you know what I mean, and put them as the same thing. Like, oh, it's, it's just opinions. Okay. I, I don't care. Take that out here. I don't want to hear it. And I just, I think that's just a problematic mindset. If you're worried about people saying, oh, I, I don't like politics. I just want memes. Then already you're, you're tapping in the wrong market for what is a story based on military's experiences in Iraq. Again, dealing with the Iraq war. So I'm okay. My question is what? why the, the reason it's, different than like 
the other war-based shooter things because it's more recent because like I, I i don't understand what what the deal is really uh, i mean i don't like war or shooting things otherwise i mean anyways but no i, I, don't, I, mean, I guess it's more that's what my only seeing is that it's more recent and well I don't, I don't know to me this is this is like if you want an example this is like disney going in and banning or banning like all those old racist cartoons but then selling them back in china or uh, some yeah this is a real thing they're actually all those old racist cartoons that they banned on disney plus they're actually selling bootleg dvds in certain countries and to me okay but that's confusing because bootleg means no, it's, it's not, not from well, the original. But but it's it's being afraid. Like with this is like, hey, we're afraid to educate you, so we're just going to tell you this is not or this doesn't have politics. Don't worry about it ever. I mean, I don't think you should be playing it safe with a real military story. That's that's not something you should be doing. But yeah, but yeah, how's it how's it different from the ones that are before? Like there are however many games of war well so take take call of duty black ops which i've been playing recently they take they tell a fictionalized version of those historical events they add their own spin on it so it's not exactly based on a real story plus you know they're adding in humor like they're being over the top with it but this is like no we're retelling the actual experiences of six I mean, of a group of military men uh, or a squad that went into uh, Fallujah and had some horrible experiences in there. You're going to relive those stories in this game. That is what I see as the differences. How is it? I I feel still feel like it's basically the same thing because I mean, it's a better portrayal. It sounds like and and no, no, because with with Call of Duty, like Call of Duty is opening it up and saying, yeah, we're war but we're fiction we're not trying to be i I mean modern warfare they'll okay so certain call of duty games yeah they'll base it on actual real stories but for the most part now that's like we're just doing our own thing and that's fine but if you're if you're going to base it on a real political event then the worst thing to do is to tell people that it's not real I don't okay so I guess I'm taking the other side because like I don't see it as political if it's exactly if it's like it's like a bio what's that called uh like a biopic but you're playing it yeah. like that's not political it's just what it is it's just what happened okay all right I love this objective <laughs> this is my objective my seemingly objective so I don't have I don't like it, I have I know what's that word called investment in any of this so that's my no opinion. you know what and I I totally get it. and to be honest I now now seeing hearing this I don't have investment in this game because I don't trust it but anyway uh Craig is there something you want to say or no <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, screw them. Anyway, last thing, and now, I and I, I, t- I texted Rihanna before going into this. There is a new Mortal Kombat movie coming out in just two months, and you're like a new Mortal Kombat movie, and then I followed that up with, uh, "Don't worry about it. it; is not for you. Don't bother watching the trailer. I'm gonna save you some time." Because Rihanna here, she is family friendly. She does not like gore, guts, or sex, or any of that stuff. And yeah, that is, that's an honest thing to warn a friend who is not in those things. Don't watch the trailer. There is only a red band trailer. And a red what? Red band is where it's not a censored version of the trailer. It shows all the heart. Oh, yeah. 
Like, I haven't heard of that, but okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you don't watch R-rated movies, so of course you don't. Like, yeah. And this is going to be rated R. So the, there have been Mortal Kombat movies in the past. I've seen them. There are people who love those Mortal Kombat movies. I don't get it. I do not like those uh, old ones, the, the 95 Mortal Kombat and the sequel. And we've had a long history of video game movies not understanding the property or at least trying too hard to be like, hey, we're doing this, we're doing that, but not really getting why people really loved it. And that's just the... Continu- Monster Hunter. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's funny. You, you say Monster Hunter. The same guy who worked on Monster Hunter, he is the director of the original Mortal Kombat movie. So you kind of see where the history lies there. And, Wait, and- I remember, sorry, I, I just say I remember seeing parts of Mortal Kombat movie from like the fire because that one was PG-13. So, okay. Yeah. And, and then for you, you'd be like, yeah, you want PG-13. Yay, no no guts. Uh, Mortal Kombat OG fans are like, no, we want the guts. What? A, a Mortal Kombat film where people aren't getting their heads chopped off or their limbs or their intestines and everything? What? What? What is this? And that's what Mortal Kombat video adaptations would do all the time for some reason in the 90s. Not just the movies, but there were some family-friendly cartoons back then based on Mortal Kombat. Uh, I'm not kidding. They tried to sell toys to kids about this game where it's it's a fighting game of martial arts that ends with you horrifically murdering someone in the goriest way possible. And they try to make that a kid's thing in, back in the 90s. I know. So in recent years, Mortal Kombat has found its way back to its roots and, and for the, the people who really love the series and has been going like that ever since. They actually recently did an adult animated Mortal Kombat film that we reviewed recently but now with this live action Mortal Kombat movie that uh, has a selective number of actors and actresses you may or may not have known uh, one that sticks out to me is McCod Brooks who was in uh, Tyler Perry's A Fall from Grace it went from that to being Jax this uh, muscular dude with uh, twi- does uh, metal arms and why I warned Rihanna not to watch the trailer because the, the trailer starts off with his arms getting ripped off and you seeing all of that. And that's his origin story. Yeah, I mean, it is his origin story. I mean, that's the thing is watching this trailer, I was like, wow, this is super faithful to the people who really love this series. And that is great. I'm saying this as someone who is not even crazy about Mortal Kombat. Uh, and maybe I just haven't given it a fair shake. And I, you know what? This might be the same case with Pokemon where I fell off of Pokemon for years until I saw Detective Pikachu. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get back into Pokemon again. And then I started enjoying it again. So this, it might be the same case for me. Maybe I just need to watch this movie to go, you know what? It more, yeah, I'm going to give Mortal Kombat another chance. I'm, either I'm going to play the recent games or I, I have a Nintendo 64 and I might play Mortal Kombat 4 or Mortal Kombat 1 through 3 or some of the older ones. Okay. What? The animated says uh, it does look familiar to me. It's 95, so I was really young. But I mean, yeah. Defenders, Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive my brother is least... Uh, had it on at some point because I was like these, these images look a little bit familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, who's older than me, anyways? But so 
and and not just the the gore but i also appreciate that this i mean i mean for me i don't make a big deal about gore whether you're gory or not that doesn't matter to me so long as you know the action's good the at least the characters are interesting the plot doesn't have to be like amazing or any any of that but if you have if you have fun characters to follow characters you like or you're entertained by that you'll remember then that's all what matters to me uh, and with this i mean it's following this at least what i know about mortal Kombat, the whole tournaments uh, the fights whoever is the crown victor in mortal Kombat, they get chosen to be a part of this tournament where they fight to the death to become the ultimate champion. And I assume later on, certain characters realize the tournament is not the way they seem, so some of them team up together. And you see throughout the trailer so many familiar characters from Mokama, whether it be Scorpion, Sub-Zero, uh, Liu Kang. Uh, I mean, I mentioned Jax. There's uh, some other popular characters that you either see quite a, like you see so much of, or you see very briefly, like they got Goro in one shot and he already looks so much better than that 95 puppet one that they did. Uh, yeah, if you look back at that old movie and they had Goro, he was a puppet. <laughs> and he looked cheap as heck. This, the, the effects in that movie were not good. But with this, it, it is, uh, the, regardless of what you know at the end of what the director's intention is, he clearly is a guy who loves Mortal Kombat. He wants to share that love with other people who enjoy it. Throughout the entire trailer is nothing but fan service and fan love of the series. Whether it be iconic lines that you know from the games to even the trailer ending off in the theme song of Mortal Kombat and sort of a like a, an orchestrated version of the theme song. And they even, there's even a teaser at the end of the trailer where they like finish them and they briefly just get, do a quick cut of different gory finishers. Yeah, it, it, it's, it is an R-rated movie for sure. The other thing that stood out to me is out of all these fan return, fan origin stories that they show up in this one game or one movie, they do introduce a new character to the Mortal Kombat franchise who is portrayed as the main character. And there are some, there, there are some OG Mortal Kombat fans actually upset or concerned with this trailer. And I was confused because I was like, wait, this says everything you want. And then they kind of explain, well, it doesn't completely follow the lore of Mortal Kombat. I'm like, okay all right stop see now you're being entitled now you're asking for too much <laughs> no i'm, I'm kidding <laughs> no they're like uh sub-zero isn't the one who pulls Jax's arms out uh excuse me that is not correct i'm like oh, okay stop what do you when do you adaptation gonna yeah no that, that's the thing is some some fans don't really get adaptation when they see hey, a movie version of something i like it needs to be exactly like i remember i interviewed a someone who reads comic books all the time and they're like yeah i don't really like the marvel movies because they're not like they make changes to the comics that i grew up reading and you know i paid so much money for the comics so i expect the movies to reflect that and I'm like, what? No, I, I looked at I looked at that person. I'm like, that's see, you? like, yeah, with with watching as many 
booked a film and says I have I mean there's there's so many examples of that like you just have to remember that it is an adaptation and it just it just there's not enough resources for it to be exactly exactly from the book whether it be time money the actor and special effects it just and I and I don't want it to and that's the thing is I just don't get it I actually think it's more exciting when you take liberties and and differences from the original source material well I mean positive liberty like with Marvel for example they've made several changes from the comics and most of the time I find those changes to be great Uh, but when I hear a fan say man I I hate this because it's it, it changes so much there's not even like like when the changes are very little things like that, then I'm like, okay, stop, just stop. This guy is really paying attention to you and you're already, you're already not interested. Like you're still not satisfied. What, what the heck, man? This is moral comment. This is what you want. Jeez, you're a grateful son of a guns. <laughs> I know Craig's like, no, I'm not part of that. No, no, good. <laughs> hey, the movie's going to be awesome. And they, they said the team specifically wanted fatalities and they said that the origin story of Scorpion and Sub-Zero is mostly accurate. So you got the majority of things I want. Yeah, I, I'm like, okay, what What else? Now, the other thing they complain about is the fact that the main character is someone new. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. If the new character is interesting, so, so what? Yeah, they introduce new characters every video game. It's fine. Or, or maybe this new character is the player. You know, it's you yeah. in the game. It, who knows? You know, when you make an adapta- a movie adaptation, you have to be open to introducing the series to people who don't play the games. And I think with the main, now I don't know that the, the the movie may play out differently where he's the he is the weakest part of the film. But with something so exaggerated as Mortal Kombat, with all these like really crazy characters, you need to have that Avatar character where that is viewing all this like we are like. You know, for those who don't already know about Mortal Kombat, like what is the Mortal Kombat tournament? What is the history behind that and all that? To have a character discovering all this for the first time, I think is important. And maybe he might have his own fatalities or special moves and he might appear in the games later. I, you know, all you OG Mortal Kombat fans, sit, sit, sit. Said this guy is paying attention to you. Look at all those video game movies who don't give a crud about the video games. Mm, gosh, like that Uncharted movie that's coming out later this year. I know it doesn't have a trailer for it, but already not feeling that one based on the people who are working on it. Yeah, I know Rihanna's excited because she just wants to see Tom Holland because she has a Tom Holland crush. Uh, she, she has a crush on Tom Holland and Shia LaBeouf. So maybe we can get... Tom Holland and Shia LaBeouf. When did that happen? Wait. <laughs> <I'm> like, <why? laughs> you said you you know you said the only the Indiana oh Jones uh, Indiana Jones watches the the worst one because of I mean, you, even Stevens. I mean that's it's just anyways. Well, hey, it's not, a, it's not a big thing. It's really like super low. Like like hey, way, hey, way, you, way want, you want you want you want. How about this? How about this? Since PlayStation Studios, they have a movie production and they're making a studio and they, they got other productions going on. What if there was an Ape Escape movie where Tom Holland was playing Spike and Shia LaBeouf was playing Spectre? And- I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> okay. 
okay. I'm gonna get you, Mister Spencer. Tom Holland's way up here. I, I hope it's okay with you, Mister Spencer. Up, okay, so stop bringing that up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, much. well, you know, Spike could be like Mister Mister Spencer. I have to capture you, okay, Mister Spencer. And then Spencer uh, or Spectre could be like, "Oh my God, why am I on this chair? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God." I mean, that's that's all I know about Shia Buff is he just screams a lot. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I mean, there, yeah, Transformers. Floating. Oh no, oh no, oh gosh. Transformers was fun. Anyways, that's it. <laughs> All right. So with this, I am looking forward to it. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I will give it a shot. I mean, on HBO Max, April uh, 16th, and it'll be in theaters for those who want to, you know, risk Corona. Uh, but... <laughs> It's not even you. They could get a Corona for fatality, Coronatality. I mean, for the super fans that are going to the theaters, I want to say just be safe. I'm going to be watching this one from home, but I'm going to be breaking quarantine for Kong versus Godzilla. Not going to be going in a full hazmat suit, but you know, some some movies you just have to experience in IMAX. Okay, and and this this might be one of it because I I looked at the the action choreography and it's really not like that. Could you imagine fatalities in IMAX? Well, well, the the whole Scorpion and Sub Zero fight that they show at the end of the trailer that was so cool. I was like, wow, that yeah, that would look really nice on a big screen. I'm just a scaredy cat, so I'm not even gonna risk it. But if this works out, this could be another great film, at least a a film to show that video game movies can work because we did have some go. We had Sonic. We had. Detective Pikachu and now there's going to be a Sonic 2 and I think Detective Pikachu is going to have a sequel as well but there some of these video game movies are really trying and I think those two get those two crack the code on how you can make this work I hope this one is another one because I'm really rooting for this as someone who's not even crazy about it but might even get into it after watching this movie or or may not I, I don't know we'll we'll find out April 16th but yeah and Rihanna's like, you know, you you messed up. People can just watch that all that gore crud. I'm I'm waiting for Tom Holland in his shirt off and everything. Uh, anyway. What? <laughs> what? Close that? No. No. Anyway. No. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you all. Uh, th- that or that is all we have for today, and uh, just awesome to have you guys as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. N- n- next time, no more internet problems so we will happen on uh wednesday and this will be record i mean this will be put out uh, on uh facebook and instagram and uh, several podcast hosting platforms i'm also on twitter at chase 164 and there'll be little video clips on insta reels and tiktok as well hermione 617 by the way we have an event tomorrow Yes, we're going to be playing some brand new indie games from 2 to 4, 30, and it'll be fun. Uh, the Pawn show is really funny. Okay. Yeah, 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 it'll be a lot of fun. And we'll we'll bring out giveaways for uh, Wave Crash, or we'll do something with that. And uh, Craig, I don't know if he'll join us tomorrow for that, but I mean, if not, there are other events we'll host later in the year. I mean, we've got Extra Life and other good stuff. But Yeah, I'm going to get in on the future events. I'm going to be absent tomorrow. Okay, that's fine uh but uh do you have anything oh yeah bird up yep bird up everything b-i-r-d triple u-p also would suggest the 
Destiny podcast becoming legend for all you Destiny fans out there. Okay. Until next time, take care.